Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, April 27th. The time is 7 p.m. And you're tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir, for this one hour plus block of time. I say one hour plus because we normally go from seven to eight. But as the spirit leads, if we need to go longer than that for any reason whatsoever, whether we're in the middle of praying for someone or someone's sharing a testimony or an insight, we will throw out the clock and go as long as we need to. There are no time constraints on the Spirit of God. If you are a regular listener, we welcome you back. And if you are a new listener, the Parents of Prodigals podcast is a weekly live, a live call-in program. And this podcast is dedicated, committed, and yes, consecrated to the ministry of prayer, intercession, supplication, and petition on behalf of those of us who are parents of unsaved sons and daughters. Some of us are guardians of unsaved uh, children, whether they're teenagers or toddlers or perhaps maybe um, young adults or even adults. And we dedicate this time to praying for the parents and guardians as well as the children. Now, when I mention that this program is dedicated to intercession and prayer on that behalf, many of us are parents and guardians of young people, whether they're adults or teens, who have either wandered from the faith, maybe perhaps your child, son or daughter, and even if they're adults, they're, they are still your children. Maybe perhaps at one time they were involved in the church, active churchgoers, reading their Bible, participating in church activities. And at one point in time, they may have been living a committed Christian life, but for some reason, regardless of what the reason is, they have wandered from the faith, put the things of God in the background, have backslidden. Or maybe perhaps they were very active in the church but have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. You can be a prodigal in church, sing in the choir, read the Bible, and participate in activities, but never actually submitted, surrendered, and committed your life to Jesus Christ. And so this podcast is dedicated to praying for our wayward and backslidden prodigal sons and daughters. Some of us have prodigal sons and daughters who, again, are living at home and are no longer interested in the things of God. Other of us have prodigal sons and daughters who are incarcerated, and we worry about them in those dangerous environments, and hopefully, and we pray that a prison ministry reach out to them in those very dangerous environments. We pray for their safety in those places that they will be delivered and saved. Some of us have sons and daughters who are in rehabilitation, drug programs, the chains of addiction, alcohol and drugs and other things are holding our prodigals in bondage and they are struggling to maintain their sobriety. Some of us have prodigal sons and daughters who are involved in career and 
vocation, and those are not necessarily bad things, but the Word of God does say that the pursuit of riches can be a distraction from our commitment to the Lord. There are some of us have had prodigal sons and daughters, and we have no idea where they are. The story of the prodigal son in the Word of God, the son left the home. No internet, no cell phones, no public phones, no way of knowing whether his son was alive or dead, laying in the gutter, sick. He had no idea of knowing what his son's status was. And when these kind of things happen, the enemy can place fear, doubt, despair, and anxiety in our minds. Sometimes the enemy will tell us that our prodigal sons and daughters are too far gone. There is no way they are going to get saved. Maybe somebody else's child, but not yours. Give up on them. But the same way Lazarus was in the tomb for three days, and the fourth day, Jesus arrived, just when everyone thought it was too late. He raised Lazarus from the dead. I've said it in the previous podcast. Hebrews believed that when a person died, the person's spirit would hover over the gravesite for three days in the hopes of perhaps the spirit re-entering the body. If there was any chance of Lazarus coming back to life, it would have been within that three-day period. And even then, during that three-day period, the tomb was not permanently sealed because if the spirit re-entered the body, the person would need to be able to get out. Jesus didn't come within that three-day period. He came the fourth day. The fourth day was the time when the Spirit would depart, and all hope of coming back to life would be gone, but not with Christ on the scene. Jesus arrived the fourth day just when supposedly all hope was gone, and the tomb was permanently sealed. So your situation with your prodigal may seem like an impossible thing to resurrect, and the spiritual tomb may be sealed. No hope of your prodigal getting saved. That's a lie from the enemy. Christ is able to resurrect any situation that seems to be dead. And so we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters. There's a period of time during our podcast when we will approach the throne of grace and present prayer requests to the Lord. If you have a prayer request that you would like to present before us, and we will present it before the throne of grace, we will honor it. And a little later on in this podcast, we're going to explain to you how you can be a part of this podcast. If you have a testimony you want to share, an insight you want to share, a scripture you want to share, a prayer request you want honored, all you have to do is come on the air and we will honor it. This is an ironing, sharpening iron time. Mutualification and encouragement. We want you to be a part of this live podcast. And so we're going to explain how you can do that. We would love for you to be an active part. At this time, we want to welcome listeners across the United States. We have listeners in New York, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Idaho, Georgia, Alabama. Maryland, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Utah, Wisconsin, West Virginia, New Jersey, Montana, Illinois, Minnesota, Louisiana, New Hampshire, Oregon, Washington, and internationally, we have listeners in Mexico, Ontario, Canada, New South Wales, Australia, in Victoria, France, Uganda, 
We have listeners in Brazil and the United Kingdom. Now, there may be many people who are listening to this podcast live, and that's great. But however, the time differences in many localities, many people cannot listen to the podcast live and will download it at a later time and listen to the podcast. That's all right, too. There are no constraints or limitations with the Holy Spirit of God. He can work just as easily through a downloaded recording as he can doing a live podcast. And so we would welcome you to listen in and be an active part of this podcast. And right now, again, if you have an insight you want to share, a prayer request you want honored, an insight or a, a word of encouragement or a scripture, our brother Jamie is going to explain how you can be an active part of this podcast. Well, God bless you. Uh, so for all those listening live right now on the Podbean app, um, it's very simple to call in. All you have to do is hit the little phone icon down there next to your chat box, and that will uh, ring you into the system, and we will bring you in on board and bring you in live to the podcast where you can share your word of encouragement or testimony or prayer request. So we'd love to hear from you. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Brother Jamie. So that being said, this is a very special edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We have a dear sister from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church who is going to be co-hosting the podcast with me today. She is going to be sharing her testimony and talking about what the Lord has been doing and is doing in her life. She also will be sharing her insights in the unique ministry that she is involved with. And this ministry segues and coincides right into the issue of prodigal sons and daughters. And just stay tuned because you will see what I'm talking about when she uh, gets into that particular topic. But right now I want to introduce her, our sister Leslie Rodriguez of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. Sister Leslie, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Good evening, brother. Um, thank you for having me. I'm privileged and honored to be here to share with the listeners live and that are going to listen to later on. So thank you for having me. Okay. All right. And again, stay tuned because again, uh, her testimony is an incredible story regarding how she came to Christ and the ministry she's involved with. Again, segues right into the topic of prodigalism and prodigal sons and daughters. You don't want to miss it. At this time, before we get into our devotion, I'm going to ask our sister Leslie to lead this podcast in an opening prayer. Sister Leslie, would you open us up in prayer? Yes. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this evening, thanking you, Lord, for bringing us all here and just asking you, Father God, to just have your way tonight. I ask that you open every ear and every heart to, to receive, dear Lord, what you have for us tonight. I pray that anybody who is timid to call in, that they would come against that spirit of fear right now and just call in, Father, so that they, we would be able to cover them with prayer and to intercede for them and or their loved ones. Have your way on this podcast tonight, Father, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Leslie. You know, if you're the parent or guardian of a prodigal, again, we pray that you'll be encouraged and strengthened by what will be shared today. And if you are a prodigal son and daughter who has tuned in, 
Again, it's our prayer that the Spirit of God will touch you and reach through the airways, convicting you of your sin, opening up your heart to the need of a Savior, and coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, the title of our devotional tonight is The Expectancy for Our Prodigal's Salvation. The Expectancy for Our Prodigal's Salvation. And our scripture text is found in the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 7. Micah, chapter 7, verse 7. And I'm going to be having our sister Leslie read our scripture text. And she'll be reading from the New American Standard of the Holy Scriptures. Sister Leslie. Amen. And the word of the Lord says, But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. You know, I'm going to ask you to read that one more time. Sure. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. <laughs> Amen. There's a reason why I had you read that twice. You know, according to Hebrew custom, many times when Jesus would speak to the multitudes or the disciples, he would say, verily, verily. And in Hebrew custom, whenever you repeated something twice, you were calling out for the person's attention to something that was extremely important. And the word of God is always very extremely important. And the message behind our devotional tonight is equally strongly important. And that's the reason why I had her read it twice. You know, the prophet Micah ministered to both the southern kingdom Judah and the northern kingdom Israel at a time when both were enjoying a period of peace and prosperity. However, along with this time of enjoyment of peace and prosperity, there came also a complacency and a laziness with regards to seeking the Lord and being obedient to Him. Indulgence in sin, moral decay and sexual perversion, corruption, idol worship, and at one point, human sacrifice were being practiced. King Ahaz of Judah even formed an alliance with wicked Assyria and actually took gold from the temple and gifted it to the Assyrians for their alliance and partnership. The people of both Judah and Israel were too busy indulging in sin and enjoying life, so to speak, to be bothered with God. You talk about being a prodigal and backsliding and wayward son and daughter— both kingdoms were completely prodigal, backslidden, and wayward. You know, as Micah was prophesying to both Judah and Israel about the need to turn back to the Lord, it would have been easy for him to look around his society and begin to wonder if God could still be working. And yet, instead of just keeping his eyes on the half-empty glass of their wickedness and sin, he chose to view the glass half-full of God's mercy and faithfulness, and to wait patiently for God to move in his own perfect time and in his own perfect way. And what's true in this biblical account can also be true when it comes to you and I as parents of prodigal sons and daughters who are witnessing to them and praying for them as well. We can sometimes get discouraged when we see their behaviors, lifestyles, the things that they're doing, the way they're thinking, the places that they're going, the way they talk, and the friendships and associations and partnerships that they're forming. And you and I as believers should still place our complete trust and confidence in God's ability and faithfulness to deliver and save our prodigal sons and daughters, no matter what we may see and hear them do. 
And like the words of a contemporary Christian song, even when I can't see it, you're working. And even when I can't feel it, you're working. To close our eyes to the faithfulness and working of God in the lives of our prodigals, no matter what, is to open the door to despair. So tonight I want to focus on two words in our scripture text that speak directly to our expectancy in our prodigal salvation. And those two words in our scripture text are watch and wait. Watch and wait. You know, Micah said he was going to watch expectantly for the Lord. Now, in the Hebrew text, the word look is there. This word look is the Hebrew word tsefa. Tsefa. It means to look out or to look about, to keep watch. And so it literally means translated to watch or to keep watch. You know, city walls of kingdoms usually kept soldiers as lookouts on a regular basis. However, when an attack was expected, or when the city anticipated the approach of important visitors or a caravan or an approaching army, special soldiers were placed on the walls, ones who were known to have extra keen eyesight and discernment for what was coming. And these soldiers were referred to as Safa, watchmen. The Safa, or watchmen on the walls, were fully aware that something was coming, were expecting it, and were fully aware of the situation. And so they were not surprised when what they were watching for came, because they were anticipating its arrival. Now, our watchfulness as parents of prodigals is twofold. First, as our text says, Micah would watch expectantly for the Lord. As you and I pray for the delivery the deliverance of our prodigals, we can sefa. We can be fully watchful, anticipating and expect God to approach with the answer to our prayers. We can know assuredly that it is coming. Although we may not know when the answer will approach, we know it will come. Second, we as parents of prodigal children serve as safa. You and I, as parents of prodigals, are watchmen on the wall. We need to not only fully anticipate and watch for God to answer our prayers for them in full confidence, but we need to do our part and warn them, like the watchmen of the impending rapture or the judgment of God, warning our prodigal sons and daughters of the need to heed the warnings, repent, and turn from their wicked ways and surrender their lives to Christ. The second word is wait. Micah said confidently that he would wait for the God of his salvation, that God would hear him. And the word wait is the Hebrew word yachal. Yachal. Yachal expresses the idea of hope of a heart that is in full assurance that God will do good. Yachal, like the other Hebrew words for hope, mikvah and techa and kwava, invite us to look ahead eagerly with the confident expectation, each word also conveys the idea of patience, reminding us that the fulfillment of hope for the delivery and deliverance and the salvation of our prodigals lies in the faithfulness of God. He will not fail. When we combine these two Hebrew words together, Safa and Yachal, and what you have is having the complete expectation that what you are watching for and assured of 
is approaching and will definitely come. Now, you know, as we all look around our nation and see a ravaged moral and ungodly landscape that's getting worse by the day, the enemy may try to fill us with doubt, anxiety, and despair about whether God is still working and will answer our prayers. But when we read of the hope-filled attitude of men of God like Micah, it should encourage us to believe and trust that God is still on the throne. Psalm 11 says, In the Lord we take refuge. How can you say, flee like a bird to a mountain? The Lord is still on his holy temple. The Lord is still on his heavenly throne. God is still able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, God is able to send revival. He is able to deliver, save, and restore the broken lives of our prodigal sons and daughters. And so you and I will wait and watch for the Lord, and we will wait for the God of our salvation. He will hear us. He has heard us, and he will come through and answer our prayers for our wayward sons and daughters. Sister Leslie, your insights on everything you've just heard. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not a parent of a prodigal, but just hearing those words that the God that we serve hears us and will respond and answer our prayers is such an encouragement that, you know, the parents to know that it is God's will that all be saved. So, you know, if you're praying for a lost loved one, you know, to wait expectantly, knowing that he's going to answer. It's not like you're waiting for something that you don't know, you know, someone's, you're not sure if they're going to answer or not. We know he's going to answer. And it's just wait with expectancy, knowing that he will answer. It's like when you're waiting for your Amazon package. How many of us are, you know, stalking our Amazon packages because we wait with expectancy? We should have that same expectancy when we're lifting up our lost loved ones mm. unto God, knowing that it's going to come. So that's, you know, that as, as I was hearing what you were saying, I, that, that was just encouraging for me. And I just want to encourage, you know, anyone who's listening who has a lost loved one or prodigal child and that you're praying for to just be encouraged and, and to continue to pray and keep praying because God will answer. And, and like Brother Allen said, he will deliver. He will deliver them, you know, spiritually and deliver them back to you, back home to you. Mm. What's the hardest part do you think that prodigal parents have? Uh, for some, it's watching. They, they anticipate. They, they believe, they may believe that God is going to save their prodigal sons and daughters. Uh, but then there's also the issue of waiting. How long is God going to take? I mean, you know, when we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, we have to put them in God's hands. And there's no guarantee it's going to happen right away. I often mention that when Jesus called, in the book of Mark, actually, when Jesus called the fishermen, it says they immediately left their nets. No delay, no arguing, no debate. When Jesus called Matthew, it says he left his tax collector's booth and followed Christ. If it were only that easy for our prodigals to respond to the call, other times prodigals resist, fight, argue, and it may be years before a prodigal comes to Christ. What are your insights on that? Well, I feel like 
are waiting for us. You know, it 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 would be great if we prayed and and you know our prayers were answered instantly. But it builds for us. It builds our faith. It builds our trust in in the God that we're praying to, and the in you know, the God of the Bible that we're praying to. That yes, not everything is instant. We don't live in a microwave world, even though it seems that way. But sometimes we have to wait if you want you want it done right and you want it to be you know true and genuine sometimes it takes a little bit longer mm. you know a lot of times we want things i mean the lord had dropped that in my spirit about the microwave we put things in the microwave mm -hmm. you know two minutes and you're expected to come out and how many times it's hot on the outside but it's cold inside yeah. and then you got to stick it back in but if you would just have put it in the oven and let it cook for a little longer you're guaranteed that it's going to come out mm. cooked all the way through so with that saying, you know, with just wait a little bit longer, you know, God is probably doing a work in them, you know, preparing them, doing, he's doing, he's tugging, he's, you know, giving them a distaste for whatever it is, their lifestyle mm. and the longing. But at the same time, it's working in you. It's working your faith, your patience to wait on the Lord. If God answered our prayers instantly, would we wait on him? You know, it it builds our trust. I think it builds our trust. It builds our faith to to wait on Him. Wow, edifying words. They minister to me, actually. Yeah. You know, I mentioned they minister to me because I am the parent of. Um, well, I was the parent of two prodigals. I'm the parent of one right now. I have a adult son and daughter. My son recently came to Christ and accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, and I thank God for that. And of course, I still have my daughter who I am praying and fasting and believing God for. And, you know, um, sometimes when we, like you said, we, we, we want things to happen instantly. We want them to happen easily, too. You know, nobody wants their child. I mean, again, Matthew left his tax collector's booth. The fishermen left their fishnets. Paul had to be knocked down and blinded. And we don't want our children to have to go through anything to accept Christ. The Lord knows what it would take to break the stubborn will of our prodigal sons and daughters. And while we don't want to see them broken, we don't want to see we don't want to see them go through what the prodigal son went through. We don't want to see them blinded like Paul was. But the Lord knows the perfect time, but also the perfect method that it would take. He knows what it's going to take to bring your child to the foot of the cross. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yes, I I mean, for myself, I know it's not my time, but I know I I myself was a wayward prodigal. Mm. And I know for, for years, you know, I would come home, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, early wee hours and, and would see my mom on her knees praying. And, I, and I'm pretty sure she was, you know, praying for me, keep me safe while I'm out there, you know, doing the reckless things. And, um, you know, seeing that, I, I, I know that it's like, you know, how many years she prayed. I mean, I was out there for a good, you know, a good part of my Don't 20s. say too much. That's the appetizer. The main course is going to come later on. But, but you know, um, yeah. You know, it takes different things. And I know for just for a parent, you know, that you want you want them to come mm. Even not for a parent, even if you're just praying for a lost loved one, you right. you want them to come and not that it has to take their rock bottom, whatever mm. their rock bottom is, right. 
you know, to bring them to, to God. But sometimes some people's rock bottoms is really like, you know, a, a tragic situation for them to come to, to the Lord. And, and, you know, we don't want that, but we have to trust that God knows what he's doing and mm-hmm. we can't dictate to God how we want our, you know, lost loved ones to be saved. We just have to trust that he's sovereign and he knows what's going to get them to come, what's going to grasp their attention. Mm-hmm. And that's where we wait, like in the verse said, I will wait for the God of my salvation. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, a while back, Brother Jamie, and I'm going to have him chime in, Brother Jamie and I were at a, another brother's house talking. At this point in time, um, his daughter, China was not a believer and we were sharing about our concerns for our mutual children and their salvation we talked about the rapture the tribulation period we talked about our concerns and one of the things that jamie shared with me was it's a scary thing to tell god lord do whatever it takes to save my prodigal son and daughter i've often said in our podcasts that I don't believe we're living in the last days. I believe we're living in the last seconds. The rapture is the next event on the biblical calendar to take place. It could happen before this podcast is over. And when it does happen, God forbid that our prodigals get left behind to face the awful period of time known as the seven-year tribulation period when God will pour out his judgments on a rebellious world. But I remember that day, that conversation with Brother Jamie, and it wasn't too long after that when I was driving to get some firewood from my fire pit, and I received a phone call from him, a text message actually, telling me that his daughter, China, and her friend, Alexa, had surrendered their lives to Christ. I almost got into a car accident. I pulled over (laughs) because there was no way a text message was going to suffice. I needed to speak to him personally. And so with everything that's been said, I want to bring in Brother Jamie to share some of his insights and everything he's heard so far. Yeah, I think uh, it's definitely true. It's a scary thing to pray that prayer to God to do whatever it takes, right? But like you said, he's sovereign and he knows exactly what it's going to take. And, and and for some people, they, you know, hear the truth and, and Jesus is there and calls them and they leave. And some people got to get knocked off uh, their high horse, as it were. Mm. Um, oh. But God is sovereign. And so if God is sovereign and God is all powerful, all knowing, omnipresent, we, we got to trust him in the process because, you know, we throw ourselves in there, we, we, we end up screwing it up. That's yeah. right. Right. And you know, and his time is not our time, his ways, his, his thoughts are higher than ours. If they weren't, he wouldn't be God, you know? So we gotta, we definitely have to trust him, but it, it is, the, it's probably the hardest prayer I've ever yes. had to pray that, you know, God do whatever you have to do. And, and knowing full well what the, the end of that is, what it could mean, but you know, this life is a vapor, right? And this isn't, the end for us is just right. the, uh, it's the next chapter that mm. we're living for here and that's all of eternity and i want to you know find rest and respite knowing that my family will be in in heaven and in glory with yes. me yes and so yes. that's mm. that's what it's about and we lose focus on that because the little god the little g of this world mm. you know that is there to offer them the whole world as it were just like the he offered it to jesus mm-hmm. right you know and, 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 you know, we have a, a temporal mindset. This is all we can envision, you know, hmm. and, but, you know, God is again, eternal God is sovereign and, and he knows, 
um, what's best, and he knows exactly what it's going to take to to bring our loved ones back. And we just have to trust him in the process. We have to stay faithful. We have to stay on our knees. Mm. He's called us to pray. He's called us to fast. You know, that's mm. what we're doing. We're not beating them over the head with the gospel. We're we're loving on them. We're praying for them, and we're leaving it in God's hands because His Spirit is the one that's going to draw them. That's right. Amen. That's right. The Word of God says that we need to be living epistles, mm -hmm. salt and light. You know, we can preach and hit them over the head with our Thompson Chain reference King James Bibles. I wouldn't do any good. We need to lift Christ before them. I like Sister Leslie's analogy of the microwave and the conventional oven. A lot of times we want a microwave conversion. But, you know, God has to do His work. The Holy Spirit has to do His work. And so we want the Lord to have his way and do what needs to be done the way he wants it to do in his timing. At this time, we're going to break into a musical interlude. We are approaching the halfway mark of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And at this time, we play some edifying and blessed Christian music. But when we return, we're going to have our sister Leslie give her testimony on how she came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and how the Lord is working in her life. I am going to also have her tell us a little bit about her personal life, her family, and, and so we get to know her first. Um, she's also going to be sharing about the ministry she's involved in. I'm not going to divulge the name. She will give the name and what they do. It's very important, and it segues and this leads directly into the issue of prodigal sons and daughters. But that being said, again, this is a live podcast. When we return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals program, we want you to be a part of this podcast by chiming in with the directions that our brother Jamie provided to hear your insights, to share a scripture, to ask a question, to provide encouragement, and to share, of course, a prayer request should you have one. So that being said, we will take a musical interlude. And then we will return with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Please stay tuned.
I will will praise till I die. die. He'll Through the years you made clear that the time of Christ was near. Though the people couldn't see what Messiah ought to be. And though your words contained the plan, they just could not understand. Your most awesome work was done. In the frailty of your son, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Hallelujah, Adonai. H to angels still sing by the power of the name, El Shaddai.
Okay, we are back from our musical interlude with the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And such as an imperfect world, we were experiencing some technical difficulties at first, but um, our expert, Brother Jamie, cleared them up. So I thank and praise God for him. He is blessed with a gift, a technical gift, which I am all thumbs with regards to. So again, we welcome you to the second half of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. As I mentioned earlier, our guest host today is our sister, Leslie Rodriguez. She's a member of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, and um, she is going to be sharing with us her testimony on how she came to Christ, how the Holy Spirit worked in her life, what the Lord is doing in her life now, and then she's going to be sharing a little bit about her unique ministry that she heads here at the church. But first, of course, I want to hear, and I'm sure the listeners want to hear a little bit about you, Sister Leslie. So without further ado, our Sister Leslie Rodriguez. And again, this is a live podcast. Our brother Jimmy has explained how you can be an active part in it. We would love to hear from you should you have any questions for our sister. So, Sister Leslie, it's all yours. Tell us about yourself. Okay, Brother Allen, you put me on the spot. How much time do we have? No. Whatever I'm time you want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I am married. Um, I have two lovely children. Um, we all serve the Lord together. Um, I have school age children. I don't have any prodigals. Lord, don't let me cross that road. But, um, and, uh, I, to start, I mean, I don't work. My husband works. I'm blessed to be a stay at home mom, um, with my younger. I didn't have that privilege with my firstborn. Um, as I was a single mom and I was working full time. So I was blessed and I'm honored to be a stay at home now. And if my husband, he should be listening. Thank you. 
for um, giving me that honor and privilege to be at home with our little one. Um, so to start my story, I was actually raised, born and raised in the church. Um, started off in a Spanish Pentecostal church when I was little. Um, somewhere within the preschool years, my parents were divorced. Um, I don't remember my dad pretty much in my um, life. If I go back as far as my memories take me, I don't ever remember my dad being there. Um, I know that when I was in kindergarten, I remember um, being home with my grandma and watching divorce court to try to see if my parents would be on there, uh, <laughs> not knowing that they weren't going to that divorce court. Um, but, you know, it was that was just normal for me. I don't I don't, you know, remember my parents, but my mom did raise us um, in the church. And I do remember us having Bible studies at home. And um, as a youth, I was very active in the church. Um, I gave my life to the Lord at a young age of maybe about 11 or 12. I was in the choir. I was um, a youth leader. I was in all the drama plays and, you know, very active. Um, but my home life was not that consistent of one that is a Christian home. Um, regardless of being raised in one, um, my mom was uh, dating someone as far as back young as I can remember, my mom was involved with someone. And, um, you know, we would go to church and sometimes she would come, sometimes she wouldn't. Um, the things that, you know, we we were in the church, but we weren't in the church. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know I love the Lord, but I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. So when I became old enough, uh, 18, I would say, um, I did my own thing. I went and um, I was in, uh, I went to Nyack College, um, ironically, and that's where I would sneak out and go to clubs in the city and then come back. Um, Nyack, if you don't know, is a Christian college. Um, but some of the kids there did some of the worst things that you wouldn't even think that they did. Um, Don't I know? Uh, <laughs> I was a student at Nyack College as well. So. <laughs> I mean, you it was weird because it was like you knew God, you knew what was right, you knew what was wrong. Um, you did those things and then you, you know, went up to altar call and you cried and you prayed and you quote unquote, repented, and then you went back and you did it again. How old were you around this time? Um, I was about 18. 18 okay. um, I didn't graduate from Nyack. Um, college was hard for me. I did end up coming back home. And I tried to go back to the church that I grew up in, but I felt out of place. Um, there wasn't really a young adult um, ministry for People my age, 18, 19, they did have a young adults ministry, but it was more like single adults, maybe in their later 20s looking for love and not really anybody in that not youth, young adult age. Um, so when I became 21, when I was legal to party, I indulged. I spent... Um, 
a good part of my 20s, I want to say maybe from about, I mean, I was drinking before then, but now it was legal to do it. I spent maybe a good seven years out partying and indulging in the world. Um, I had a fear of God. I knew, you know, that who God was. I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew that if the rapture came or if I died, that I would not go to heaven because I wasn't living right. But the enemy had me in such a state where I just didn't care because I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, I don't put the blame on my parents, but I feel like the inconsistency of godly influences at home did play a role in my not serving the Lord all the way through. Wow, you mentioned you know that's interesting because at one time we did a we did a podcast on the prodigal child, but we also did a podcast on the prodigal parent. parent yeah. You know, I think our sister Cynthia Roman yeah. mm -hmm. was a guest, and the title of our devotional was the prodigal parent and how parents can be prodigals, parents who fail to do what needs to be done to set examples for our children in living for Christ. Wow. Yeah. So, um, my dad was a minister. Um, I believe he was a pastor too. So, I mean, people in the church, they know the PK syndrome. So like your parents are pastors. So naturally you, you know, you fall off the wagon and you just wall out. So, um, but my dad wasn't really involved. So I didn't really have that male role model. Um, my dad ended up, I'm not going to be giving his testimony, but my dad, you know, after my parents divorced, he was living with a woman. They were not married. Yet he would always tell me, you know, how come you don't go to church? How come you don't do this? How come you don't do that? And it's like, you know, dude, you're not doing the right thing. Why should I listen to you? Mm. You know, so it's like you you, you got to practice what you preach. You can't, you know, you can't be faking the funk and then you're not, you know, you're, you're not doing the right thing either. But, um, you know, on to me. So um, I... I did my 20s doing that, feeling neglected, feeling, you know, rejected and all kinds of things like that. Um, at the age of 27, um, I was no longer living at home. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, I was I went out a lot. I would go out all the time and, you know, my mom would always pray. My mother was a prayer. That's she was a prayer warrior, regardless of, you know, where she fell short she never neglected to pray. She was on her knees. Um, there were times I would come, you know, home in the morning, uh, two, three in the morning, and mom was on her knees, you know, under her blanket, and she was praying and, you know, interceding for, for us. And, you know, I felt bad. It broke my heart. But, you know, you when you're caught up in sin, you just, it's very selfish, you know, when when you're when you're doing things in the world, when you're in sin and you're doing things, it's a selfish you're living selfishly because you're not looking to please anybody but to satisfy your own things. So at the age 27, I ended up going to Virginia to help a friend who was in the Air Force and be a living nanny. And at that point, I was like, I don't want kids because, <laughs> you know, you're raising somebody else's kids. And I'm like, I'm never having kids. And, you know, I had a lot of the time to myself and, you know, the Lord spoke to me and was like, you know, you got to give yourself together. You got to come back. 
And, you know, I was in and out, in and out. Um, and then at the age of 30, how old is my daughter now? She's going to be 12. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. 30, 31, um, I got pregnant with my daughter, um, needless to say, out of wedlock. But that was my saving grace. That I always tell my daughter, she saved my life. I was living such a reckless lifestyle that, um, you know, I I could have been pregnant long time ago. I could have, you know, who knows, been laid up somewhere in the street because you're so intoxicated and, you know, taken advantage of or who knows. And when I got pregnant with my daughter, you know, it was like a, like the veil was lifted, the, the fog was cleared, like... It was like, now I'm responsible for another individual and I can't live this reckless life anymore. I can't be out here doing what I'm doing because now I have, um, you know, a child to care for. And I did a complete 180. I still had friends who had young children that were still doing, you know, the same things. But I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, and I started to go back to church and then um, even... I, I tried to go, I went out, let me go out for a little bit with my friends. And I said, no, I can't. I have to, you know, I have the little one at home. And and I really, that's when I really was like, okay, Lord, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all in because of my daughter. And I just didn't, I, I had to set an example. I couldn't let my daughter, you know, do the same foolish things that I did or for her to not have what I didn't have, you know, that that support at home. And I wanted to be there for her you know, emotionally and not just, you know, financially. And that for me was my turning point. Um, I s remained uh, celibate for a good five years. Um, I say that because then I met my husband and um, our, our son was born out of wedlock as well. I didn't fall away. It wasn't like a I wasn't a falling away. I didn't leave the Lord. Mm -hmm. I had a moment of, you know, you stumbled. Right. I stumbled. And um, we rectified that really quickly because I said, you know, if we are going to live for the Lord, we have to do what's right. And we have to stop. Ooh, I'm banging. Sorry. We have to stop, you know, you know, fornicating before we get married. And we did. And, you know, now, you know, we're all serving the Lord together, which is an amazing thing. Because um, my husband was not serving the Lord when we got together. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember the Lord showing me us worshiping together. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like, okay, because, you know, when God shows you something and he, he gives you a promise, um, you have to cling to it. Even though it didn't manifest right away, um, my husband and I were we're together six years, married five, and I see the change and the growth in my husband, and he's a man of God, and you know, I'm grateful for him, you know. But in the beginning, it wasn't that way, but you know, just with that, you know, that God shows you something, and if God gives you a promise that He's um, gonna save your your whole household, like the word says for me and my house, and he will save your whole household. Trust in that and just leave it in his hands and let Lord do his work. And you'll see the, the, 
the prayers that you, you, you the prayers, like our pastor always says, I'm living in my prayers, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that's the, I mean, I could go into in depth, you know, really deep in the different things that I went through and, um, we'd be here all night, <laughs> but, um, you know, just that, you know, that's just basically like, I thank God, you know, for my mom, even though, you know, she wasn't, you know, she had her her issues, but I thank God that she instilled in us because, you know, in Proverbs, it says, train up your child in the way they should go. And when they get older, they won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. Even though I was wayward, I always still had that in me. Right. And I think that the difference from when I was younger and where I'm at now is the relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You can know that God is your savior. You can know that Jesus is Lord, but when you don't have a relationship with God and you don't have a relationship with them, it, it goes with any relationship. If you don't tend to it, you don't have one. There is not one. And and that's that when I look back, I mean, I love the Lord, but you can say you love someone, but do you have a relationship with them? You know, do you communicate with them? And I think that that was the changing factor of what's sustaining me now to to not turn back is that I have a relationship. And when when I pray, I know he answers and, you know, so that's that's the difference, I think you know, from growing up in the Lord, leaving and then coming back was that now you see it with mature eyes. And, you know, just I think that if they not to bash my youth pastor because he gave me some good nuggets, you know, they they mm. they laid some foundational, right. yep. you know, things that, that I'm grateful for. But I don't remember an essence being on having a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what separates religion from being a Christian in the sense where you have a relation, you know, like people like I'm a Christian, but do you have a relationship with the Lord? Right, of course. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's me in a, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. (laughs) That was a, an incredible testimony. It was straightforward and it was down to earth. It sounds like you had a Damascus Road experience, which led to an upper room experience. Amen. Praise God for that. Now, I, I understand that, um, and I'm familiar with the ministry that you started here at the church and that you are heading and that you are deeply embedded and involved in. Tell us about this ministry, how you started it, why you started it, and what it's about and what's its purpose and 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 where it is right now. Yes. Amen. Um so um the ministry that um that I have that were that I um uh the director of uh, mates um mates is an acronym for moms against the enemy schemes. And how this came about was actually my pastor um pastor Frankie came up to me and was like, you know, I want to start a mommy group. You know, you got little ones and, you know, we got to pray for the kids. And um, I don't even remember the the name that she came up with. And I was just like, eh. And she's like, well, you, 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 would you mind? You do it. You do it. You know, you pray and you come. I said, all right, I'll come up with something. And I remember just like, wow, this is heavy. Um, you know, I gave my testimony at, 
at uh, one of the things that God had changed was um, my relationship with women. And, um, you know, that's a big thing that that God worked on me. And I'm like, wow, here I am now. <laughs> I got to pray with women. Like, <laughs> all right, God. I, that's when I always know that it's from God for me is that it's uncomfortable. Right. You know, not that it's not something that you're not able to do, but it's a little uncomfortable. He likes he I always say he likes to take us outside of our comfort zone so that he can be glorified. You know, if it's on your own ability, it, you did it, you know. But um, so I was thinking, I'm like, man, what should I do? And I don't, you know. And then um, she had said something. It had something to do with a boat. Like, you know, because we're on a journey together. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of corny. But um, so, um, you know, the, the word mates came to me. And that's not a mates is not a word that we use here in the U.S., but like in Australia and in um in the United Kingdom, they use the word mate, yeah. you know, like, good day, mate. You know, they say stuff like that. And a mate is like a companion. It's a friend, you know, so somebody that you would call like your buddy, your friend, that's a mate. And so I was like, wow, a mate, you know, and of course the acronym came to me, oh, mom's against enemy schemes. Oh, that's clever. But, um, you know, I chose mate because, you know, we're in this together yeah. and, and, you know, as moms, you know, we come together to pray, you know, I can rely on you. You're my companion. You're my friend in this. And um, the whole gist of mates is, you know, our kids, you know, it start, it's mainly we started because of the little ones. They're in school. Um, our children are being indoctrinated <clears throat> with all kinds of antichrist uh, agendas, the um, alphabet stuff and you know, that's the LGBTQ, I say the alphabet, because there's so many letters. Um, that, uh, gender ideologies, uh, critical race theory, and all kinds of stuff that they don't need to be learning, even on in cartoons, uh, books that they're reading. They, they're all indoctrinating our children with, um, you know, witchcraft, all kinds of stuff. And, you know... We have to remember that God gave us the authority and the position over our children, and we're just turning them over to the world. We're giving the world um, our parental rights. We're giving the school system our parental rights when you don't monitor what your kids are watching on YouTube or um, Disney+, Plus, which I don't have anymore. Um, I got rid of that because they are pushing that agenda on the preschool and early elementary age. Um, if you, I mean, the older kids are doing these things, but if you look at where they're targeting, um, <clears throat> preschool and early elementary age runs from the age of three to eight. That span of years is when children are coming into their own. They're just discovering who they are, what the world is, um, you know, what's a flower? Why is that flower there? I mean, if you have small children, uh, three to five, they ask 101 questions in a minute. What's that? Why is that? Who made that? What did that? They're curious. They're discovering the world that they're living in. And what the enemy is doing is taking advantage of that age where their brains and their minds are are like sponges and they're 
poisoning them and they're polluting them. Um, you know, having them question who they are, um, you know, gender per, uh, expression, like, you know, if you're a boy and you like to play with dolls, you know, or tea and you want to wear a tutu, that's that's gender expression. And that's not just for girls. And who says that that's for girls and that's for boys? These are the things that they that they're telling the little, little ones. Um, I remember my son, he was in preschool when he first started and the teacher during like the open house said, oh, um, you know, if a, if a boy wants to be a princess, we're OK with that. I was like, say what? No, we're not okay with that. Yeah. Um, yoga is a thing that they 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 push in the schools because it helps them to relax. I put a pump the brakes on that. They don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell them we don't do that. And my son was four at the time, and they said he didn't do it mm -hmm. because I let my kids know they we we you know no we don't do yoga because yoga is not good and you know that's you know that's an Eastern you know worship to other deities and we only worship God. And, you know, we, we can't think that the, 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 the enemy knows that kids from the age of three to eight can receive this information. Why do we think that we can't feed our kids the things of the spirit the, mm. and God, you know? Right. And so we, when we meet at mates, we meet uh, once a week, we meet via um, WhatsApp video because it's free and supposedly encrypted, <laughs> but we just meet and we pray. We pray over um, our children's school age. We pray for children um, who are prodigal. We have we have some mothers on, on the group whose children are prodigals. We pray for them. We pray for parents who maybe aren't praying for their children. Uh, you know, we pray for the family unit. Um, but like the acronym says, moms against the enemy schemes. The enemy is full of schemes to try to destroy the family unit, to try and steal our children. Um, the enemy has it out for our children through music, through videos, through, you know, this. we have social media. I didn't grow up with social media. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have that, um, you know, we didn't have that influence. No. The, the kids that they're living in now is totally different. And so we have to be proactive and we have to, you know, do our part and, and pray and cover and, you know, cover our children in prayer, plead the blood of Jesus over them. And and that's what we do. That's that's what we do for not just our children, but for all the children, the children in the body of Christ, right. the children who are not in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, we we're covering the children. We cover the children in our region. We cover you know, children, you know, nationwide, you know, oftentimes, sometimes we'll pray for children, you know, around the world because the children are the vulnerable ones and, and you know, we want to cover them. You know, the last thing we want to see happen is see children that we're raising in the ways of the Lord become prodigal. And by its very, by its very definition, uh, prodigal, of course, would be indicative of someone who was involved in the church or maybe was a believer and fell wayward or backslidden. Um, you know, but then again, we have many children, many who have never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. But here we are, here you are in your ministry. Um, 
we're trying to raise trying to raise godly children in the ways of the Lord and then of course we can't shelter them from the world they go out into the world whether it's a a school or maybe peers or friends and on the one hand we have home with its godly influences and its scripture and its praying and then our children step out into the world and then we have the influences of the schools peer pressure, friends, and it's literally a battle mm. for the souls and minds of our children, their hearts and minds. And, and you know, your ministry is extremely important because technically your ministry is geared to prevent prodigals. Yes. Um, from To prevent that from ever happening. And it, it's, it's, I praise God for your ministry, um, you know, because again, starting with the schools, the schools, of course, unfortunately have uh, an agenda and the agenda of course is to infect for lack of a better term our children yes. with ideas yeah. and values that are contrary yes. to biblical yes. values and ideas brother jamie please chime in with this mm -hmm. no i totally agree with you and god bless you <laughs> as a godly feminine woman able to be at home and raise godly children you know the nuclear family was established in eden right mm. and it's no wonder that the world fights so hard against it right mm -hmm. it's all anti-christ right. but you know that that was the plan for you know godly men women raising godly children growing the kingdom right, right. there mm -hmm. right but <clears throat> the formative years and i have some experience working in different departments on this of a birth to five is so crucially important and, yes. and, and kids are just sponges at this point. They yes. gather in so much information. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the, the world, the devil, mm -hmm. uh, Satan has targeted these children as young as preschool age, yes. quite right. frankly, mm -hmm. with this idiocy, mm -hmm. um, to really just change the path of their life. And uh, so you being able to uh, be at home and raise them and instill that in them is quite frankly, possibly saving their lives mm. because the world is out here battling against us yes. on a daily basis. And, you know, the ones that we should be able to entrust with their lives, there is an agenda that's out there and it has infested and your word infected is absolutely appropriate yes. it has infested this country and um who will protect our children it starts at home mm -hmm. um but we we have to pray we have to fight our battles uh, you know on our knees we have to pray for these kids we got to pray for a change of direction right we got to speak up with our voices and we got to speak up with our dollars you had mentioned that you don't have certain channels at home anymore mm -hmm. you know right yes um you know there the, uh, this whole cancel culture is absolutely that this fringe movement is absolutely willing to cancel anybody that doesn't right. align and mm. why are we as christians not willing to withhold our dollars supporting yes. these companies now that totally are anti-family anti-christ yes. anti-traditional values mm -hmm. anti you know for this very small fringe group um it is time for the rest of us to stand up and speak yes. and, and you know mm -hmm. this is one platform we, we take another platform in in our support and dollars and where we yes. spend it yes. and, and speak up but um it's it's a crucial time with these kids and it's 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 a battlefield and it's it for their lives yes really 
Well, I praise God for Sister Leslie's testimony and the work that she's doing. Again, uh, the Mates Ministry, Mothers Against the Enemy Schemes, and those schemes are basically the world schemes to yes. indoctrinate our children and make them prodigals, mm -hmm. steer them away from the things of God. The Word of God says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And that is what the enemy wants to do to your prodigal, to my prodigal, to mm -hmm. our prodigals. The last thing the enemy wants to see is for your unsaved or backslidden son and daughter to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And if they have accepted Christ, what the enemy wants to do is lure them back into the world. Tell them they're wasting their time. It's no good. Um, compromise their testimony a little bit. Yes, go to church and read the Bible and be a Christian, but don't carry it too far. Mm. Still indulge in a couple of things now and then. You're young. Right. Even those who have never accepted Christ, Christianity and religion is for older people. You're young. Go out there and enjoy life. So again, stealing, killing, and destroying. That's what the enemy wants to do yes. to our unsaved sons and daughters, but also to the parents of prodigals. What the enemy wants to see, those of us who are parents of unsaved sons and daughters, the enemy wants to see us despair. Yeah. worry, yes. have anxiety, lose sleep at night, and to believe the lie that our prodigals are beyond saving, that God's not going to do it, their hearts are too hardened, that is a lie, a lie from the enemy that we need yes. to rebuke and pray against. If necessary, of course, Jesus made it very clear that certain strongholds only are broken by prayer and fasting. And so we're reaching the point of our podcast right now where we are going to approach the throne of grace. Yes. And there are several things we're going to be approaching the throne of grace about. But as we go through our list of names at the end of our podcast, we are also going to pray for our sister Leslie and the ministry and her family as well. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, we're going to go down our prayer list and bring before the throne of grace these names. Now, as we're doing this, if you have a prayer request you want honored, just because we're doing this at this point, don't pay attention to the clock. If you have a prayer request you want honored, still call it in. If there's an insight you want to share, a scripture you want to share, something you want to say, again, throw out the clock, disregard the time, and we would love to still hear from you. We will go as long as we need to honor the Lord and minister to you. Amen. So without further ado, let's go on down the line. I'm going to lead in prayer first. We have two young men, both of them named Joshua, and both of them are the sons of individuals from our church. Now, both these young men, of course, were struggling with the, the bondage of addiction. And I believe one of these young men, one of them, Joshua, has accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. But there's no way the enemy is going to allow these things to go unaddressed. The other Joshua, I'm not sure if he accepted Christ, but he is maintaining his sobriety by what I know. And both these young men, again, are the sons, the adult sons of members of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, uh, our pastor as well. But we're going to lift them up before the throne of grace. So please join me as we pray for both Joshua's right now. Heavenly Father, we want to lift up both these young men, both named Joshua, named after a mighty warrior in your word. And Father, you see the struggles that they're having and the things that they 
are dealing with, the things that are trying to hold them in bondage. And first and foremost, we thank you for them. We thank you for their godly parents who are lifting them up in prayer on a daily basis and believing, believing for their continued deliverance and salvation. So, Father, we just lift up both Joshua's. We first pray foremost against the schemes of the enemy. Yes, the schemes of the enemy that... The enemy wants to steal, to kill, and destroy both these young men. We rebuke the powers of darkness right now. We bind them. The same way Abraham entered the enemy's camp and rescued Lot, we enter the enemy's camp right now and rescue these two young from the clutches and bondage of whatever is holding them firm in the chains of sin. And right now we thank you and we praise you. We pray for their deliverance and their salvation. Regardless of how long it takes or whatever tools you need to use, Lord God, do what it takes to keep these young men in the sheepfold. For the Joshua that has surrendered his life to you, Lord God, there's no way the enemy is going to let this go unaddressed. The enemy will try to discourage him and lure him back into the world. But we pray for his perseverance in the faith, standing fast in Greek, stekos, not to give any ground to the enemy, but continue praying. And reading your word, Lord God, make him the man of God that you can make him, Lord God, that you are making him, that you have made him, Father. We pray for the other Joshua as well, that you give him perseverance and strength as he battles and struggles with the bondage of addiction, Lord God. Deliver him. Deliver him from the mental addiction. When the enemy tells him he can't cope with his problems, he needs to get high. With the physical addiction, heal him physically as well. When his body tells him he needs the drug, Lord God, deliver him from both mental addiction, physical addiction, and deliver him from the clutches of the enemy that are keeping him in bondage to all this. We commit both these young men to your hands, Lord God, believing you for the miracles that are taking place right now in their lives. And we praise you and worship and thank you. It's already been done. We're waiting to hear the testimonies of what you are doing in both their lives, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we pray and we thank you for the answer which we know is already here. We watch and wait expectantly, just like yes. Micah. Amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to ask our sister Leslie to pray for these three young ladies. We mentioned them earlier. We have a young lady by the name of Gabby uh, who lives out west, and her parents called and provided her name to us a while back. We pray for Gabby every week. And Gabby, of course, is facing the same issues as Angela and Valentino, three young women at the enemy's holding in bondage with issues perhaps like low self-esteem, emotional issues, maybe guilt, or maybe depression. Their hearts are hardened to the things of God. So I'm going to ask our sister Leslie to pray for these three young ladies, that God deliver them, save them, fill them with the Holy Spirit, and make them the women of God that the Lord is able to make them. Gabby, Angelica, and Valentina. Amen. Father God, we just lift up these three women, Father God, these young ladies up to you right now, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would reach them where they're at meet them lord in their dark depression in their their low self-esteem lord you created each and every one of these ladies father god they are fearfully and wonderfully made lord father god right now we break the lie of the enemy over their lives we silence the mouth of the enemy that whispers in their ear that they're not good enough that tells them that um 
they're unworthy or whatever it is that they're feeling, this depression and the emotional stress that they're under, Lord, that they're, they're in this dark place, that they feel like they're not uh, good enough or they're unloved, Lord. I pray that your love would wash over each and every one of them. Touch Gabby, touch Angelica, touch Val Valentina right now. I pray that you would reach them and meet them in their need, their specific need. Send, Father God, ministering angels to them. Send laborers, Father God, that, that would witness to them, that they would listen to, Father. They Maybe their hearts are hardened to, to the things of God. They don't want to hear about you. They don't want to hear, you know, anything about you, but send someone that they would listen to, Lord, someone that that they would open up to, that they would be receptive, work in their hearts, Lord. I ask that you would soften their hearts so that they can receive, dear Lord, sure. receive from you. I pray, Lord, over their minds. Father God, your word says that you did not give us, Father God, a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and of a sound mind, Lord. And I pray and I speak sound mind over Gabby, Angela, and Valentina right now, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, that that they would take every thought captive that is not of you, Lord. Every lie spoken of the enemy, that confusion in their mind, and we come against that and we break it right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that you would touch them, meet them, Lord. I pray for their parents who are praying and interceding for them, Lord. We cover them, Lord, and we lift them up. Let the source of their strength be you, Lord. Let them not grow weary and give up on their daughters, Father God, but to leave them in your hands and knowing that, they, like Allstate says, you're in good hands. But God, your your hands are better than that, Father God, and they're safe and secure in your hands if they leave them there. But not to give up and to continue to pray without ceasing for their daughters. And we know, Lord, that we will hear them testify mm. for these three yo lovely young ladies that they will grow and become the women of God that you've created them to be and that the enemy would take his hands off of their lives. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you now, Father God, for the victory that these three young women are going to have, Lord, the restoration that's going to take place in their minds and in their hearts. And we thank you for them now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Our next prayer request we mention every week. You know, a while back, our brother Jamie had mentioned that his daughter, China, our dear brother and sister, uh, Jamie Shock in India, have a daughter named China. And a while back, China accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, as well as her friend, Alexa. And God delivered them both in a mighty way. It was a wonderful testimony. But again, like I mentioned, there's no way that the enemy is going to allow this to go unaddressed. There will be a counterattack for every time we gain ground. And so we're going to lift up China and Alexa before the throne of grace for their perseverance in the faith. Please join me in prayer. Father, I thank you first and foremost for godly parents, my brother Jamie and sister India, who raised up their children in the ways of God, Lord. And Lord, there was a point in time when China drifted away and was living out in the world, Heavenly Father, and became involved in a variety of things. But Lord, you reached out, you heard prayer, the prayers of parents of prodigals, Lord God, and you delivered China and her friend Alexa, Lord God, from whatever it is that they were involved in. So we praise you and we thank you for the power of deliverance and, and, and salvation, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for saving both China and Alexa. 
But Lord God, there's no way the enemy is going to let this go. As I said earlier, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And even though they're both saved, the enemy is still determined to do that. So first and foremost, we pray and you help China and Alexa persevere in their faith. Give them a continued hunger to read your word. When they're reading your word, open up their minds, bless them, strengthen them, encourage them, edify them, teach them, Holy Spirit. Yes. Make them both the women of God that we know that you want them to be and are making them. Strengthen their prayer life, Lord God. Help them to continue in prayer, persevering in prayer, Lord God, praying without ceasing. Lead them both. If they are not already in a church, Lord God, I thank you and praise you for leading them to a house of worship where your word is preached uncompromisingly and with power. We pray that China and Alexa remain firm, standing firm in the faith. Lord God, keep them, strengthen them, encourage them, fortify them, watch over them, protect them, Lord God, so that they can continue to serve you. Help them not to listen to any lies from the enemy that maybe they're overdoing it or they're being fanatical or don't take it too far. Those are lies from the enemy to get them to backslide mm. and to discourage them, protect them from discouragement or from despair. Continue to pour out your spirit in their lives, Heavenly Father. We commit them both in your hands. We look forward to the time when we can meet them again, Lord God, and hear their testimonies. Bless both my sisters, China and Alexa. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Next prayer request is very near and dear to me. I'm going to give this to my sister, Leslie. My son, Michael, accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior several weeks ago. And his work schedule, of course, working 2 to 11 at a local store, doesn't allow him to come to study during the week. But it does free him to come to service on Sunday morning. But for some reason, my son seems to find an excuse every Sunday. And so he is a young believer, and he is reading his Bible, and he does love the Lord, and him and I spend many times in prayer. So I'm going to ask my sister Leslie to pray for my son, his perseverance in the faith. However, my daughter is not a believer in Jesus Christ. She has not surrendered her life to the Lord. My daughter, Megan, I love her, and I pray for her every day that the Lord would deliver her and the Lord would save her soul and that her name be written in the book of life. So I'm going to ask my sister Leslie for prayers for my son Michael's perseverance in the faith and my daughter Megan that she come to the faith. Yes. <clears throat> Amen. Father God, we just thank you right now for Michael's salvation, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that he heard your voice. He heard the calling and the tugging and, and responded to the call. And he submitted and surrendered his life unto you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, because we know that that's a victory, Father. But Lord, we ask you that you would sustain him, Father God, that you would help him, that your Holy Spirit would be ever present in him and around him so that he knows, Lord. Continue to give him, Father God, a, a hunger for your word, to read your word, and, and to read it, Father God, alongside with the Holy Spirit so that it's not just reading it and getting a knowledge in the mind, but that his soul and his spirit is being fed, Father God. I pray, dear Lord, against the um, the excuses and, and for him not coming uh, to church. It doesn't necessarily have to be our church, but just coming to a Bible-based, spirit-filled church 
whatever it is that is keeping him from not joining a church to and getting a body, Lord, help him to see and to understand, Lord, that forsaking the fellowship, it, it, you say not to forsake the fellowship. And the reason for that is because we help one another and we can't walk this walk alone, Lord. Let him see, Father God, that he can get discipleship. Yes, he gets it from his dad, but he can meet other men of God mm. that can come alongside him and, and uplift him and to just encourage him and to be there for him. I pray, Lord, that he would stop making excuses and 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 just come on Sunday to, to our church or to another church that is Bible-based and Spirit-filled, because there's many churches out there, Lord, that that can be enticing and and would keep him with one foot in the world and one foot in in the church. And and in that place where you're lukewarm, Father God, you said that you would spit us out. So we want him to be led, Father God. Lead him, Holy Spirit, to a Bible-based, spirit-filled church where he can become part of the body, Lord. And Father God, we just want to lift up Megan right now, Father God. Lord, she is your daughter. And though right now she's doesn't want anything to do with you and 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 is in a state of confusion because that's what the enemy does. He confuses us to make us think that what we know is 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 knowledge and wisdom, but Father God, our thoughts, like we said earlier, your thoughts are above our thoughts and your ways are above our ways. So we come against Father God right now the spirit of of the knowledge that 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 comes against your knowledge father god that that is over megan right now we come against any uh spirits that are keeping her bound we ask right now father god that those spirits would loose megan loose her will so that she would be able to respond to your call father god cuz i know that you're calling her lord because she has a father and a and a stepmother that Praise for her diligently, Lord. And there are others we uh, that are praying for Megan, Father God, and, and that she would hear, Lord. And I know that she turns away and she has a disgust, Father God, when it comes to the things of the Lord be because of the lifestyle that she's living, because the enemy is a liar and makes what's bad look good and what's good look bad, Father God. But I pray that you would give her a distaste yes. for the things of the world, the things that she's indulging in, Lord. Make her uncomfortable, Father God. Yes. Don't give her rest, Lord, at night. Make her be that she can't rest and she can't sleep. And she just, why? Why can't I sleep? And then that way, because she don't have the peace of God. And then her father and, and Nicole can minister to her and that she would be receptive of it, Lord. I know she asks questions, Father God. But I pray, dear Lord, that she would respond to your call the silent whisper of your voice above the noise of the enemy that's in her mind right now. I pray, dear Lord, that you would reach out and that you would snag her, Father God, away, Lord, from the enemy's grip so that she too can come, Father God, to the saving grace, the knowledge of who you are, Lord, so that we can rejoice and her name can too be written in the Lamb's book of life so that together we would be, Father God, and we can rejoice, Lord. We continue to pray for Megan, Father God, and to pray for her salvation. And we thank you now, Father God. We pray and we thank you now as if she's already saved, Lord. Minister to her right now wherever she is, dear Lord. 
Whenever we pray, minister to her, Father God. Make her uncomfortable wherever she is. Uncomfortable, Father God, until she comes to you where she can have true peace. True peace in you, Father God. Because your peace is the only peace that is pure mm-hmm. and pure joy. That the things that she ha- takes pleasure in in the world, Father God, are, are temporal and they're false. is a false. And Lord, let her come to you, Father God. And we pray and we lift them up, Lord. And we pray that you will continue to be the strength of Alan and Nicole as they lift her up. Lift these children up, Lord. These adult children, be their strength. And like we read earlier, let them wait expectantly for what you're going to do. Mm-hmm and not waver in their faith and not give up or question or doubt, but to trust you, Lord, that you are in control and you will, you will save them, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sister Leslie. Our next request is for a gentleman by the name of Edgar. Edgar is the adult son of a dear brother and sister here at Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. And Edgar as we have prayed many times before, was living a wayward life, is still living a wayward life as far as we know. And there were many issues regarding his daughter and uh, his lifestyle and the exposure to it. But it's our understanding that Edgar, of course, is still going through some difficulty. And so his parents have requested that we continue, as always, to pray for Edgar's deliverance from whatever he's involved in and his salvation. Now, we don't know all the details, but God does, and that's enough. So let's lift up Edgar in prayer right now. Father, we just, again, thank you and praise you for godly parents of this gentleman, Edgar, that they love him and they're praying for him, Lord, and they're witnessing to him, and they're watching and waiting for the day when he accepts you as their Lord and Savior, Lord Jesus. Now, we lift up Edgar right now. You see the things that he's involved with, the life he's living, the place he's going, the people he's hanging out with, the things that he's doing, the way he's thinking. And Father, we just lift him up that you, like I touch and agree with my sister Leslie, that you give him a distaste for everything he's indulging in, Heavenly Father. Give him no rest, no peace, until he accepts the peace that passes all understanding. Father, give him a disdain, a disgust, a distaste for the things of the world. Help him to realize that only you, Lord Jesus, can give him life with meaning. Give him a hunger for the true bread from heaven. Free him from whatever is holding him in bondage, whatever vices and habits, whatever addictions are keeping him in bondage, if it's hostility to the gospel, if it's apathy, resistance, maybe he thinks there's plenty of time to turn to you, Lord. We rebuke those thoughts in the name of Jesus. Lies from the enemy. Death can come at any moment or the rapture could take place, and he would get left behind. So right now, Lord, we rebuke those thoughts. Give him a sense of urgency, Lord. Maybe it's a co-worker or a friend or a Christian program that he'll watch. Get the gospel message to him. Give him no rest. Nag him, Holy Spirit. Nudge at him until he realizes his need for a Savior and he surrenders his life to you. We rebuke the forces of darkness that will fight against this prayer and continue to try to hold on to him. We claim freedom, deliverance, and salvation, the blood of Christ over Edgar right now. We thank you for his salvation, Lord God. 
This prodigal is on the road and on their way home right now. We praise you and we thank you for Edgar's deliverance and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right now, Sister Leslie, I wanna, we received a prayer request. Um, the prayer is unspecified. It's uh, for a sister, I think it's a biological sister, named Diana in Texas for blessings and protection. Uh, there are no further details, but God knows the details. And if you could just lift up that prayer request, yes. we'll just bring it before the throne of grace. Amen. Father God, we just come before you, Lord, standing in the gap and interceding for our sister Diana in Texas, Lord. Father God, you know her needs. You know, Father God, where she's at, Lord, and she's asking you for blessings and protection. Father God, we know that you are our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Lord, and I pray that whatever needs that she needs to be met, dear Lord, that you would bestow those upon her, Father God, that you would provide every need according to your riches and glory, Father God, that you would open whatever door, Father God, that she needs to open, that needs opening so that she can step into, dear Lord. We pray for financial blessing, Father God. We pray for health, Lord. We pray, Lord, for emotional blessings. A lot of times we pray for blessings and we 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 want material things, but Lord, to, to have uh women and men of God, brothers and sisters that are that are in your life, that's a blessing too, Father God. And we pray that if if she needs that, let bring the support, Father God, in her life, dear Lord. Lord, we pray that you would protect her, Father God, right now, dispatch, Father God, your warring angels around the four corners of her house, dear Lord. Protect her home. We plead the blood of Jesus over her home, over her car, over her place of work. Father God, all her things, dear Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over it, and we ask that you would protect her, God. Provide her with protection, Father God, wherever she goes, to and fro, dear Lord, and let her know that she is not alone, that you are with her, dear God. And we thank you that she was listening in today, and I pray that everything that she heard, Lord, would have ministered to her and, and that you would just continue, Father God, to, to just be with her and be in her life and just bless her, Father God, according to your will and not hers, and let your will be done in her life, Father God. And we thank you right now for Diana. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Our final prayer request is for a young name of the name of Johnny. Johnny is the son of one of our attendees here at Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. We've prayed for Johnny for the past several weeks, and Johnny is being held in the grips and bondage of alcoholism, as many are in these grips today. It's a stronghold that we need to pull down. So join me in this final prayer request for this young man named Johnny as we pray for his deliverance and salvation. Yes. Father, we just thank you so much again for a godly parent that loves their son who is serving you and wants to see him serve you as well, Lord God. Anxiety and worry is what the enemy wants to plant in the mind of this parent, but we rebuke that in Jesus' name. Replace this anxiety and worry with complete confidence, trust, and faith that you will bring the prodigal home, Lord God. Don't let the enemy steal sleep from this godly parent tonight. And we lift up Johnny right now 
you see that he's in the clutches and bondage of alcoholism, a stronghold, a stronghold that refuses to let go of this young man. Again, the enemy wants to see Johnny dead. The enemy wants to see him enter a Christless eternity. The enemy wants to see him miss the rapture and not have his name written in the book of life. And first and foremost, we rebuke the forces of darkness that are holding Johnny in bondage. We command them to release him. We pull down this stronghold of alcoholism and any other stronghold that is holding Johnny in bondage. And we lift him up right now that you help him. If he needs to get into a program, bring him to a program, Lord God. But we pray that the gospel message get to Johnny by any means necessary, Lord God. Maybe a gospel track or a Christian song. Maybe someone will witness to him and preach to him and teach him the gospel. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will convict Johnny of his sin, his sinfulness, and his need for a Savior. If he's bitter or hardened, or doesn't want to be bothered with the things of God, soften that hardened heart, Heavenly Father, and make it receptive to the things of God. Restore physical health. Alcoholism can damage the brain and the body. Yes. Uh, we pray, Lord, for healing for his body. Deliver him from this alcoholism. Yes. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. But we believe it's going to happen. We believe and trust you for Johnny's deliverance and salvation. We praise you and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we've reached the end of our podcast time. And of course, like I said at the beginning, one hour plus, we have gone completely way past the one hour mark. We are approaching the two hour mark, actually. As the Spirit leads. As the Spirit leads. Amen. If the Spirit tells us to throw out the clock, we throw out the clock. And we just do as the Spirit leads. Amen. Brother Jamie, any closing thoughts? No, just uh, <clears throat> it's very important that uh, we continue to pray and uh, stay steadfast in our prayers and fasting and make a lifestyle yes. of it, mm. Um, mm. not just habit, you know, not mm -hmm. just, you know, giving up meals, but taking time to consecrate yes. before the Lord and actually go yes. before him. And we're giving up a little bit of ourselves there, mm. you know, and God is faithful in honoring that with us. So it's, it's not always, you know, you know, like even Jesus said, some come out by only prayer and fasting, right? Yes. Amen. And so um, that's important for us. Um, and we hold up all of our prodigals and parents um, together because yes. you know, we're in this together. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. this, this podcast, this ministry has been a very big blessing to me and um, it's an important part of my life now. Amen. Thankful Amen. for that. Thankful for that. We share a common bond. Yes, we yes. do. This podcast was born Absolutely. on the patio of someone's home. You yes, and I were talking about it. <laughs> I want to thank our sister Leslie Rodriguez yes. for co-hosting the Parents of Prodigals podcast this evening. I was truly blessed. We were truly blessed by her testimony and her insights. A godly woman who is serving the Lord. And so right now, I want to ask my sister Leslie if she has any closing thoughts before we conclude this podcast. Um, yeah, I just, you know, like piggybacking off of uh, what Brother Jamie said, you know, pray and fasting. It's like peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. you, yeah, you know, they, they go together. Yes. Uh. And, um, you know, it's funny because fasting is is big in the diet and fitness right. world. Yeah. Uh -huh. They have like a thing called intermittent fasting. Yes, absolutely. So it, it's key and they're doing it because they want to lose weight. Mm. 
we fast because we want to lose things of the world. We want to lose, you know, the, the sin, our flesh. We're dying to our flesh. The difference between our fasting is that when we fast, we go before the Lord and we're replacing meals with time alone with God. Yes. And like, like Brother Jamie said, make it a lifestyle, not like a habit. Because a habit can be dropped and a habit can be break. But when you make a lifestyle choice to pray and fast, because number one, it's commanded in the Bible to do so. And because there's power in it. Mm-hmm. There's power in prayer. But when you pray and you fast, it's it's like Ajax and ammonia. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like that's two powerful things to get. That's right. That's right. It's like, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I had mentioned before in a in a previous podcast that I'm always looking at, you know, lessons to be learned in the spiritual and the natural, right? And you mentioned yeah. fasting is is hugely, you know, important in 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 fitness and diet and stuff. And there's a thing called autophagy that is achieved when you deny your body these calories. And, mm-hmm. and what this is is your body, which we are wonderfully created by God, made all Man. of this, right? Your body is killing off old dead cells and replacing them with fresh new ones mm-hmm. you know so what do you think is happening happening spiritually in our spirit yes. as we fast and pray mm-hmm. and dedicate time to the lord don't you yes. think god is cleaning us up from the inside and doing something new in our life yes so we should really really you know spend more time yeah. in that some of us should fast maybe more than a meal so we can really be cleansed amen okay well it's a good thing it's a good thing this is not a video podcast so, so but you know this was this was truly i'm telling this was truly an ironing sharpening yeah. iron time um that being the case i am like a ginsu knife spiritually right now truly sharpened by the insights mm. of uh, my sister leslie and my brother jamie and so we reached a conclusion of our podcast. Um, I'm going to ask our sister Leslie to lead us in a closing prayer. Amen. And one of the things I'm going to ask her for, I, lead, I feel led to ask her to pray for, is the prodigals who are listening, Amen. that they have Amen. peace, that they yes. continue to watch, pray, trust, and not be anxious. God will answer their prayers. Amen. Please lead us in a closing prayer and lead Amen. us before the throne of grace. Yes. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this time of hearing your word and 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 fellowshipping with one another and sharing, Father God. And as iron sharpens iron, Lord, we we've all imparted on one another. And and for every listener, Lord, we know that they've taken something away. They've taken something, some nugget, something that one of us has said, Lord, that touched them. And I just pray that, Lord, that every parent of a prodigal be encouraged. Hmm to know that their prayers don't fall on deaf ears. Lord, you are a God that hears. You, you're you there. You're listening. And you say it in your word that the prayers of the righteous avail it much. And I pray, dear Lord, that it's each and every one of these godly parents that are praying and interceding and standing in the gap for their children, that they would not give up hope. They would not lose hope. That they would stay encouraged that they would stand fast knowing that they're not alone in this fight for their children, that there are people on this podcast and other listeners and and groups like mates that are praying for your prodigals. Whether we know their names or not, know that they're being prayed for. There's intercession being made on your behalf and on their behalf. 
and that they would remain encouraged, Lord. And like the scripture we read earlier, Father God, that they would wait with expectancy, looking and watching with expectancy to see you do your great and mighty work in the lives of their loved ones. And as they watch that they wait with open arms, like in the story of the prodigal, with open arms, ready to receive their loved ones back home with no judgment, just welcoming them back in, mm-hmm. Father God. Help us, Lord, to live lives, Father God, that echo what we say with our mouths so that when when our prodigals see us, that, that it's not just words, but our lifestyles reflect the same, Father God. Help us to, to walk in your righteousness, Father God, to walk and to read your word. And let us be encouraged, Father God, to, to be, grow a lifestyle of fasting, of prayer and fasting so that within ourselves, dear Lord, like like Jamie said, that we would be purified, Father God, of the things that are of the flesh and that our spirit would grow and also so that we would be strong so that we can fight the enemy because we're strengthened by you, dear Lord. I thank you for uh, Brother Allen and his podcast and Jamie, blessed Father God, continue to Keep your hand and your anointing over this ministry, Father God, as as those that they listening, Father God, and that they're being reached. The the words that they're saying is is reaching out there and overseas, Father God, and that they would continue. And we pray that you would bless, Father God, every equipment, and you continue to bless this ministry. And in Jesus' mighty name, Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Leslie. Thank you, Brother Jamie. Well, I'm told the next time we'll be on the air, which will be Thursday, May 4th at 7 p.m. As always, we want to thank you for tuning in. And again, my thanks to Sister Leslie and Brother Jamie for being on with me. I was truly blessed. So until next Thursday, May 4th at 7 p.m., as always, I want to encourage you, continue in prayer, being watchful therein. Your your prayers will be answered. Your prodigal, our prodigals, will be on the road. Watch the road. Watch the road. Your prodigal will be on it. God bless you and good night.